Well, to me, Pasolini is not. I don't think Salo is obscene. I think it can use obscenity in a way to make a point about fascism. Um, I mean, about fantasies, about power. That, that, that's a movie about the pornography of power, really. So I think it uses the very extreme sexual subject matter in a, in a very intellectual way. Snake guys, welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. I am your host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. And I am absolutely enamored by the legendary John Waters. The king of trash took film and turned it upside down and took negative reviews and used them to his benefit. But before I get into it, let me remind you guys to drink plenty of water this summer and find me on Instagram under Napalm Nanny in the Shack. And let me just throw this in here. If you want to buy me a cup of coffee, my Venmo handle is Windex Burns My Eyes. So thank you, Nancy, Phil, and Chris for the coffee so far. Now, on to the show. There is so much to share about the incredible John Waters, but I'll try to give a brief overview of his early days and share a few of his influences. And who knows, I just might turn this into a mini-series. So John Waters grew up with watching B-movies and a few X-rated ones at his local drive-in. And he wouldn't pay for a ticket, he just set up with a pair of binoculars to enjoy the show. And this would trigger his love of trash cinema and help shape his aesthetic of his purposely lowbrow work. Then it was his grandmother that gave him his first 8mm movie camera when he was just a teenager. And the first movie to be filmed with the camera was a 17-minute short called Hag in a Black Leather Jacket. 
And it was here that he had befriended a gang of unique characters who would consistently star in his feature films and later earn the name Dreamlanders, due to his future studio being named Dreamland. And the most notorious member of the gang, Harris Glenn Milstead, would later assume the persona of drag queen Divine. And Waters notes a major influence in his work is his hometown Baltimore, and in particular, the Baltimore women's hair. He would go on to claim the city as the hair capital of the world and share his fascination of the bigger-than-life hairdos in his book, Shock Value. He shares, I like to go out and look for especially exotic hairdos, much in the same way a birdwatcher clutches his binoculars and stalks a rare scissor-tail flycatcher. A good hairdo warrior knows it's easy to spot barrel curls, bubbles, artichokes, and split levels, but if you have some real patience, you'll be able to come across a real rare bird, such as an authentic beehive, or my all-time favorite, the airlift. And he initially became a hairdo watcher at the height of the teased hair phenomenon in 1962, and found satisfaction in women's ability to block people's views with their hair and witnessing the sun rays bleed through the netting of the teased hair. But before I dive any deeper, here's this week's playlist. Enjoy! Yeah. 
women on the street, Waters was enamored by the girls on the Buddy Dean show, which was a local version of American Bandstand, which he claimed turned him into a full-fledged hair buff. The show regularly aired every day after school, and he claimed that watching it was like watching a hair show. And the girls on the show would try to top one another with an arsenal of bobby pins and hairspray, so you can definitely see the inspiration for his PG-rated film, Hairspray. And although the most popular girl on the show was Mary Lou, it was Pixie that stole John Waters' heart, as she was the most outrageous. The girl was only 4 foot 11, but she could easily hit 5 foot 6 with her hairdos. The petite girl wore cat eye makeup, fake cheetah skin dresses, and when she danced, she would sometimes lose her balance if she tipped her giant hairdo a little too far to the side. And when Pixie began to miss show after show without a proper farewell, rumors began to circulate that she never washed her hair and roaches began nesting in it, feasting on old hairspray and eventually losing all of her hair. And John Waters confesses in his book Shock Value, I immediately believed it and imagined dancing with her on the show, twirling her around and seeing roach eggs fly out of her hair. Then I heard that she was dead and got really upset. Poor Pixie, I thought, picturing her laid out in her coffin with a bald head pocked with roach bites. And this is only a glimpse into the strange world of John Waters. Trust me, I could talk about this for hours, but I don't want to keep you from the rest of the playlist. Enjoy.
wants to pop a ooh, mow, mow. Mama, you bang, you bang it. She's got limber, limber lip. Mama, you bang, you bang it. With a way out here. Mama, you bang, you bang it. She's got rings in her nose. Mama, you bang, you bang it. And corns all on her toes. <laughs> She's just 18 years and knows no fear. She's a two long spears and matching ears. If a She won't object Cause she's got good teeth Wrapped around her neck She's got gold on her waist On her finger and feet Look out if she says You look good enough to eat She runs like good deer She swims like a shark She walks, she rides Like a brother no was art Mama, you bang me, bang it She's got limber, limber lip Mama, you bang me, bang it Put away, I hear Mama, you bang me, bang it She's got rings in her nose Mama, you bang me Bang, 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 bang,
So that's it for me this week, guys. I honestly am humbled and I'm grateful for everyone who has tuned in, messaged me, shared this little pirate radio station, and even went the extra mile to buy me a cup of coffee. I honestly wouldn't keep going if it wasn't for you guys. So cheers to the oddballs who found a home here. So till next week, I am your host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. Stay safe out there, guys. <laughs>